Hey, buddy, this is Greg Reffner with the Abstract Podcast, the only software that enables sales leaders the ability to deliver real-time coaching to their reps in their moments. And um, we have Dylan Allen with us today. We're going to be talking about the roadmap to, to kind of get into software sales. What are some of the things that you can do and um, then become successful as an early um, software sales rep? And so um, besides being a kick-ass golfer, he's also an SDR at Drata and uh, fingers crossed, hopefully soon, if he continues to crush his number, maybe being promoted to an AE soon as well. So Dylan, please say hi and introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the invite, Greg. I'm happy to be here and kind of just share some of my experiences and stories and uh, hopefully provide some things that uh, some folks can can take away. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, we're excited to uh, kind of hear about uh, your journey to get to this point. So you came from Wisconsin. Um, I think the only thing that I knew that came from Wisconsin was maybe the, the Packers and cheese. Um, so, I, so I don't know much about Wisconsin, um, but is there like a, a tech scene in Wisconsin? Is that something that, you know, is maybe kind of a fledgling kind of thing that's maybe out there? Is there anything in Wisconsin? Yeah, no, yeah, you're really right about the cheese thing there. Um, got a couple funny stories uh, from my, uh, when I went to school in Florida, um, people made fun of me for that all the time. They just constantly asked me like, do you just eat cheese for fun? <laughs> you would say, yeah, like we do. <laughs> so um, yeah, the cheese thing a lot, but there is a lot of it. And um, as far as tech scene, it, it's really um, small. It, it is up and coming. The last few years, there's been um, you know, some more companies coming up in the area, um, which I think is great. I would love to see, you know, Milwaukee become more of a tech scene and kind of prior to me even getting into tech is something in the back of my mind that like, Hey, you know, I would, I would love to get some really solid experience and then, you know, maybe help grow that scene in Milwaukee five, 10 years down the road. So definitely up and coming, but as far as, you know, major hubs, uh, not, not quite there yet. Okay. Fair enough. Well, what's, uh, what's the best cheese? Let's kind of get that out of the way right now. Like what's the best? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, because it really depends on kind of what you're looking for, but I would have to argue, um, Havarti cheese really like Havarti cheese. Um, I mean, I think it's great for like cheese and crackers and stuff, but I really like it, uh, on my eggs in the morning. It's just got a rich creamy flavor and you combine that with some, you know, honey ham or something in an omelet game changer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, you were working staffing recruiting as in Wisconsin um, and kicking ass at it, doing a great job. You know, what was kind of the, the catalyst for you to say, Hey, I want to get into tech sales. Um, you know, was there something, was it something you thought about for a while? Kind of what was that, that uh, kind of ultimately led you to that decision? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I spent a decent amount of time in the staffing space is kind of where I interned and right after the internship accepted a job there and uh, spent about two years in the staffing space and, and I liked it for a lot of reasons and also, you know, kind of knew it wasn't my calling for a number of other reasons as well. And so, you know, for a little while, I just started thinking about where else I could go. Um, one of my favorite things about staffing and like starting my career there is that like, we worked for a firm that we like, we were, we were generalists. Like we weren't in a specific industry or recruiting specific types of folks. So like I, on the sales end, got to learn a ton about different types of companies, different types of cultures, and all of these things that recruiters need to know when talking to candidates. So like I eventually started to just kind of piece in my mind, like, 
hey, this is something that I want to look for in like, you know, my next opportunity. So really kind of got a good understanding of, you know, where I think I would thrive and things I want to look for in my ideal company. So that was one of my favorite things about staffing. And um, really what it came down to is just trying like that, just trying to find, um, you know, what was going to be the best fit for me. And I actually had, you know, my older brother who was, you know, in tech sales at the time still is in software sales. And um, he's, he was, you know, at it for, I'd say two years prior to when I decided to make the jump. And he was the one that, you know, really kind of guided me to, to software. He said, you know, Hey, these are the things I love about software. Here's the reasons I think you would succeed. And um, it checked a lot of boxes for me. And so I just kind of decided to, you know, jump in. <laughs> he didn't like scare you away, like tell you the horror stories of missing his number and stressing on the last day of the month and year. And that he didn't give you any of that, the reality of software sales. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he definitely, uh, you know, and he was at a startup at the time that, um, you know, eventually went on to, to get acquired and was very successful. So like, I, I understood what I was signing up for, you know, he told me about the long hours and the evenings and uh, kind of what it takes to be successful, especially working for a startup, which is what I was particularly interested in. Um, so I kind of knew what, you know, what, what came with that territory. So he definitely, you know, gave me a fair warning and um, I knew what I was signing up for. So. Okay. Fair enough. Well, I think, um, so I, I probably get 10 or 15 resumes a week, Dylan, uh, for SDRs. And admittedly, some of the things I immediately look for, like experience, right? Industry experience. Do you know software sales that generally lends itself to understanding the technology that's deployed by an SDR? Um, So one of the things that I seem to kind of trend towards as like maybe a disqualifier sometimes is, lack of industry experience. Um, so what was the, the process like kind of going through the multiple interviews that you went through at different companies, maybe kind of having to, to overcome that objection, if you will, of, of not really like that tech sales experience that everybody's looking for? Yeah, that's a really good question and something I definitely got a lot of pushback on. Um, got a bunch of just like, declined applications and not even having conversations with some of the companies I applied to as well. But um, the ones that I did have some conversations with, that was, you know, obviously their biggest concern. I think it's the first thing companies are going to ask, especially when people are looking to change industries. Um, I think uh, what it was for me is that like, I, I just knew it was where I wanted to be. So I did whatever I could in those interviews, in those conversations to just stress the importance of like, you know, I, I know people that are in the space. I know what comes with it. Like, and, and I want that and um, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to, to get there and I'll, I'll put in the extra hours. I'll put in the extra time and really just kind of did whatever I could in the interview process to reassure that recruiter or that, that sales manager that like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy you should, you should bet on. And, and, and here's why. And um something else that I think folks can do as well is that like, even though I wasn't in tech sales, a lot of the work that I did at my previous company was still very transferable. So, um, you know, making cold calls, you know, prospecting, running my own sales calls and, and all of those things that I can absolutely leverage that experience into as well. So, um, 
I think there's a few different ways you can go about it, but at the end of the day, um, you got to be able to put and change their perspective in that person's mind a little bit and just kind of say, Hey, like, you know, I, I can do this and, and really persuade them and let them know that, you know, you can do it and give them that confidence to, to pull the trigger. So, you know, what you say is almost as important as how you say it. Right. And so what I'm hearing Dylan is you almost have to have that, uh, of intrinsic conviction that you're going to be successful. And that has to be conveyed right through the interview process. You can't just talk about that. Oh, I'm going to do what it takes because candidly, everybody says they're going to do what it takes to be successful, but going about kind of um, getting that hiring manager to, to almost feel that you mean it as opposed to just hear the words that you're saying. And so um in preparation for our podcast today, you were kind of sharing a little bit about maybe some of the things that you did to stand out as part of the interview process. Um, some things that candidly, my mom used to tell me to do back when I was trying to find my first job in high school. Um, I think some things that people just don't think about nowadays. So what are some of those things that you did on top of kind of coming with conviction, coming with confidence, coming with swagger, to maybe continue to stay top of mind and, and go above and beyond to show that this, this is who you were as a person and this is what you were going to do to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I would uh, totally credit a lot of, um, you know, those ideas and I guess, you know, tricks I had <laughs> um, to my experience in the staffing world, because uh, we got feedback all the time after interviews and, um, just, you know, comments like, you know, this person wasn't engaged. We don't know if they're going to be the right fit for X, Y, Z. And we've actually seen it where like an employee or like an employer would get back to us and say, Hey, you know, John's not the right fit because X, Y, Z. And then we just kind of coached John prior to that interview, even just like, Hey, make sure you follow up, say, thank you, be gracious. Like, um, and do that. And so like, we've seen it where the employer would come back to us and say, you know, Hey, John wasn't a great fit. And then we wouldn't even talk to him necessarily. And then like a few hours later or the next day, they'd get a thank, really nice written thank you email or a handwritten note. And like, they'd be like, Hey, we want to bring in Jonathan for, you know, a second. <laughs> so like a lot of those things, I just kind of learned from, from being in that industry, but uh, that's definitely a big one. That's something we really look for here at Drata as well. Um, we want people to, we want people to follow up with us and, you know, just appreciate that, we, you know, we're taking the time to, to meet with them. And I know that can be a very, very hard thing to do. And it's a, it's a cruel world out there. I mean, people get rejection emails all the time that are templatized, not personalized whatsoever. Um, it's often very hard to get feedback when you're declined from an interview. Um, so there's a lot of things that make it difficult to go that extra mile, but that's why I think it's even so much more worth it is, is to go and do that. And um, on top of that as well, um, I remember when I made the transition to software, I kind of had to, um, I almost got like a little bit of a test, um, you know, from that employer just kind of saying like, hey, why don't, you know, take a few days, take a look at the MarTech industry, kind of give me a rundown of like, you know, what types of tools are out there, what these tools do, what what could be in someone's tech stack and and let me know. And I remember when I got that assignment, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to dive into this and do everything I can. And um, I remember I, I sent it a day early than a day earlier than what was recommended. And um, I got a response back within a few hours. And that manager was just like, 
hey, this was way more than <laughs> we were expecting. Definitely impressed and outdid yourself. Let's, you know, let's set up some next steps. So uh, just kind of going above and beyond following up and just, again, like just showing that persistence. And, and honestly, even before I had any of those conversations, before I even had that first interview, um, I remember I applied for the job. I waited about a week or two. I didn't hear anything back. And so I just went to that manager's LinkedIn and pinged him on LinkedIn and just said, Hey, I applied for this job. I haven't heard anything back, you know, wanted, wanted to get some feedback on where things at or, or whatnot. And, um, a couple of questions came up right away. This was prior to me moving to Arizona and it was like, Hey, so you're in Wisconsin, this job's in Arizona. So that, that question obviously came, um, but just kind of showing that, uh, persistence, was really just like, all right, yeah, let's, let's have a conversation then. I mean, uh, just, just again, going out of the way to show that I'm just not, you know, a run of the mill candidate that's applying, you know, through your job board. Like I want this job and I'm doing that by reaching out directly and, and showing you that. I think a lot of hiring managers will appreciate that as well. I agree with that. So I saw something on LinkedIn today. It was a guy posted like, Hey, he, he was asking for like a recruiter to help him out. And he got like 18 responses. And within 24 hours, um, or no, so he had like 18 initial responses and like a week later, 16 of those people had not followed up at all. One person had tried to call him and one person had like bumped the original email, right? And so if as a hiring manager, like in sales, you know, the one thing you have to be okay with is rejection. And how do you handle rejection? Through persistence. And so if you're not willing to be persistent as part of the interview process, what does that tell me as the hiring manager about how you're going to handle rejection every day, right? So kind of showing that you have that characteristic as part of who you are. Um, and then I think also just, yeah, that, that persistence for lack of a better word, right? Showing that that's, that's part of kind of your innate characteristics of a, of a person um, go a long way. A hundred, a hundred percent, a thousand percent. And um, like I, the, the president of the staffing firm I was at, like she had told us some pretty crazy stories and she's been in the industry for a very long time. So has seen a lot of things. And um, one of her favorite stories is that there was this candidate that wanted to work for them internally and apparently, you know, interviewed one or two times and just, you know, ultimately decided, hey, you know, not the right fit. Um, eventually this candidate sent in a cake with like, uh, with her resume on it or something along the lines of that. And then, um, you know, she was just super impressed and was just like, you know what, like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And she ended up working for them for a few years and, and did really well. So it's like literally just doing something that, you know, makes you stand out. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be a resume on a cake, but uh, there's certainly a lot of things that uh, you can do and, and get creative with, um, especially with a lot of the tools that are coming out to help with virtual engagement and stuff that you can definitely leverage to, to make a, a really good first impression. Yeah. And going back to like that templated response that people get, it's so easy to submit a job application and then just kind of wait. And so I'm a big believer in like extreme ownership, right? If you want the job, like take ownership of the ability to go get that interview that where you can come with conviction, where you can come and actually talk about your persistence um, and what you're going to do. And so, you know, just, uh, you know,
know, own your outcomes, which again, kind of guys back to sales, right? Yeah. It's, so. I mean, it's exactly why I reach out to that manager directly on LinkedIn. I actually think I had called um, the sales line prior to even reaching out on LinkedIn and just saying like, Hey, I applied for this job, get any feedback. And he was like, I, I can't transfer you anywhere, but you know, let me see what I can do. So literally just, just kind of doing those, those things to, to stand out and, and be persistent. And, um, you know, I, I do have some sympathy for, for what hiring managers are, are going through, um, in terms of, you know, why they have those templated responses as annoying as they are, but, um, being on the recruiting side of things as well, there's a lot of folks out there that are just taking advantage of unemployment and disability or whatever. And they literally just need to show proof that they're applying for jobs. So, there's, there's companies out there like Indeed that literally make applying for a job one single click of a button. And so people will have, you know, really not, not even complete resumes. You can't even consider them resumes. And they're just, you know, applying to their 10 jobs a week that they need to apply for to show proof that they're quote unquote trying and, um, yeah. you know, get their, get their unemployment benefits. So there's a lot of a lot of pain that they go through on their end as well. So I think, again, just kind of having that sympathy um, also just, you know, helps me put, put myself in their shoes a little bit. I love that. Again, also you have to have sympathy and build rapport with a buyer. So again, having, showing that right lends itself to probably success in sales. So uh, it's a good segue into kind of, you've been successful as an SDR, Dylan. Um, What do you think, maybe some of the things are that have kind of led to your success. Um, is it work ethic, mindsets, um, curiosity, kind of, at, you know, once you're in the role, you busted your ass to get the job. You kind of knocked down that door, became an SDR. Now it's like, okay, now I got it. Now I got to keep it. So what are the, some of the things that you continually lean on that maybe you developed in the past role to, to help you continue to be successful and continue to kind of grind and push yourself to that next stage of your career. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of those things you kind of touched upon. I mean, work ethic is, is obviously a huge one. Um, not even in sales. I think almost any employer looks for that in uh, almost any role um, because who, who doesn't want, you know, hardworking employees that are going to try to do their very best every single day. Um, work ethic is something, you know, I grew up learning, both my parents worked very hard, traveled a lot when we were younger. Um, I mean, I played sports my whole life. Work ethic was, you know, very relevant there as well. I mean, if you weren't playing or, you know, performing the way you want, you had to, you had to go and do something to change that. It didn't, it didn't just come. So, uh, work ethic is a big one. Um, continuous improvement is, is something that I think individuals need to take more ownership of, um, you know, back at my first job at the staffing firm, one of our themes for the year was like after our, our second best year in company history at the time, um, our, our theme for the, for the next year was uh, essentially like beyond the summit and talking about like the story of, you know, people who hike these insane mountains and they go through this treacherous hike on the way up. And it's like, it's factual that, you know, more people are actually dying and, you know, not surviving the descent of these hikes as they are on the ascent on the way up. And 
it's because these people get complacent. You know, they made it to the top, the hard work is done, and that's not really quite the case. Um, you still have to be, I mean, especially when you're hiking insane mountains like Everest or something, like you you can't just be slacking off on on a on a, on a task like that. So um I don't think people should, you know, I don't I really don't know how because I guess it's just the way I'm wired, but I'm really not sure how people get complacent in roles. Um, I feel like that'd be very boring and I would always want to do something. And I feel like there's always got to be some sort of end goal or something you're working towards. So in order to do that, I think you really have to take that ownership on yourself. And yes, there's, you know, things companies can do to push employees that way, but I'd really encourage for individuals to kind of dig deeper and try to realize, you know, what makes you tick and where you want to go. And if that's where you want to go, then start doing things that are going to lead you there as opposed to just, you know, doing your job from nine to five and, and that's it. Um, curiosity, really big one for me. Um, I think I'm more curious than, than most folks I would say, but, uh, I, I always wonder how things are done. Um, I love to know the why behind things, um, want to know, like, I mean, it's, it's even, I mean, similar to like, uh, you know, the work I'm doing now, like if I'm reaching out to two companies who are in the same space, very similar, like I want to know why one of them is SOC 2 compliant and why the other one doesn't have anything related to security on their website. Like, why is there a difference there? And, um, I want to figure out why that is and what's causing that. Um, so being curious is definitely a big, important one to me. And um, yeah, I'd say those three, those three things are, are honestly, probably if, the, if you have those three things, I think you would be pretty good off, uh, you know, getting a job almost anywhere you want. If you can, if you can prove that you have those in a, you know, in abundance. Love it. Well, nice segue into kind of the last couple of things I want to talk to you today about Dylan. Um, so, you, you know, you were telling me about when you, when you, venture down to Phoenix, you wanted to become an SDR. Your goal was to become an account executive, right? Um, you know, hopefully your, your career is trending in that direction. From what I hear, you know, hopefully you'll be able to make that move relatively soon. What are you starting to do today to make sure you're ready for that opportunity when it comes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that. So just like, some things that are outside the normal SDR um, role or responsibility. So um, at my last company, I was doing the same thing. I was taking extra time in the evenings and listening to sales calls and demos and, and, you know, talk tracks, studying these types of things, really trying to understand from AEs why things were, you know, qualified versus, you know, disqualified, just really trying to get an understanding of, of what makes the organization tick, why AEs are doing things, doing the things that they're doing. And um, again, that, that honestly just helped me out in my SDR approach as well. It made me a better SDR because yeah, I mean, yeah. man, it got me pumped when I found something that, you know, checked a lot of boxes from what I was hearing from AEs. Um, I was pumped up to send it their way. And I, I, I still am to this day. So um, really just doing things in your off hours um, and being very transparent with, you know, your managers and, just saying like, Hey, like, and I remember interviewing with this company saying like, Hey, this is, you know, I'm coming in as an SDR happy to, you know, be patient and prove myself, but I want to be able to work towards being an AE. And, um, I think within six months of being an SDR there, I was able to get consistent one-on-ones with my manager and, 
we were able to, you know, do mock demos, um, you know, go through strategy and just really kind of check off some of the boxes and things that he would look for in an AE so that, you know, when that opportunity did eventually present itself, like I was able to kind of jump in really quickly. Um, and it almost makes it really hard for your employer not to promote you internally because now they're, you know, now that they get an open, open rec for an AE and they start getting all of these applicants and, um, you know, Hey, I have an SDR here. That's been, you know, working his butt off for the past six months, months, you know, listening to calls, doing demos on his own, understands our product has been in our space for a little, you know, about a year now, or I can take this other AE that, you know, doesn't know anything about our space. So um, it definitely kind of gives you a leg up in that scenario as well. So I, that's, that's what I would add to that. Yeah. And I mean, it's um, kind of goes back. I'm hearing a consistent theme. We'll get to here in a second, but first off, I want to end from your perspective, you know, what would be biggest piece of advice Dylan, that you have for anybody who's outside the tech industry wants to get in, as maybe like an SDR, because it's a great place to start to learn the business, learn the tech. Um, what's the one piece of advice you would have for anybody who's thinking about maybe kind of taking this jump and, and getting into tech sales? Yeah, I would just say, you know, do a lot of research and, and understand that that comes with the role. So maybe you have, you know, friends that are SDRs or AEs or, um, you know, relatives, whatever it may be that, that work in software. Or maybe, you know, you can get intro to some of those folks and just really kind of try to understand their day to day, what goes on in their world. And um, that way, when those questions come up in an interview and you're trying to prove that, like you feel really well prepared in answering those questions. And um, that's I think that's what prepared me the best. Like I, I knew some folks in the space, my brother being one of them, my neighbor has been an enterprise software sales for years. So spent a lot of time just talking to them, understanding, you know, what this space looks like, what they look for in these types of roles, you know, what my career opportunities could be five, 10 years down the road. So really just kind of understanding what, what comes with that territory um, I think is going to be huge. And then once you have that understanding, I think, being able to tie in the experience that you do have or the hunger that you have to get into the tech space. Um, I think uh, you're really, you're really well prepared to, to kind of prove that in an interview process. I love it. That's awesome. I appreciate that. So hopefully our listeners take that advice. Um, and so wrapping with some of the things that I kind of took away from our, our, our conversation today, Dylan, um, first off, so persistence, that's cliche, right? Just kind of be persistent in sales. I think, Empathy for the hiring manager is something that we often maybe don't consider um, when we are sending them follow-up emails and trying to kind of be creative with how we go about standing out amongst the crowd. So having empathy and sympathy is important. Uh, if you do get an opportunity, come with conviction, right? Make sure you've, you've brought your swagger, um, get your eight hours of sleep, pound a Red Bull, make sure you've researched, role-played the interview, um, you know, really make sure you have an opportunity to nail that if it's that important to you. When you do get into the role, and I think this is just kind of success in life, like just be curious, always learning, always questioning. And um, some of the most successful sales professions, professionals I know have this like natural curiosity around things. And that leads them to develop good questions and good questions lead to uncovering pain. And when you uncover pain, you tie your product to that pain and that's where you win. So I think that lays a good foundation for your 
hopefully soon to be success as an AE. And kind of bundling all that up, Dylan, I think kind of the story that I've, that I've kind of heard from your career is just go above and beyond. Like do things above what the expectation is and you're probably going to find success, right? Because uh, kind of going back to your Everest kind of story, right? Um, not a lot of people climb Everest because it's hard. Why do not a lot of people reach the top kind of 1% of sales? Because it's hard. And so just do a, go above and beyond in everything you do and uh, you'll probably be successful in life. So yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and I just add to that as well. Like if, yeah, if, if folks aspire to, you know, get promoted or move to a new role or department, like um, I think that just, I think that inspires them internally and just changes their overall perspective on the current role that they have. And so like, I, I think of like, you know, the, having the opportunity to advance in your career, whether it be a promotion, going into a new role or, you know, division, um, getting a new job opportunity through a different company. I think all of those things come with a privilege. So um, I think you have to be very good at the job that you do have. So that's kind of the first task at hand is like, hey, how can I, you know, be the best that I can be at, at this job and ensure that I do have that opportunity down the road. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's huge. Nice. Well, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, kind of talk to you about your experience or um, I would highly encourage everybody to go check out Drata because it's a badass sock to automation tool. What's the best way to get in touch with you guys? Yeah, um, I'm on the sales end here. So feel free to just shoot me an email. It's Dylan at Drata.com, D-Y-L-A-N. Um, yeah, we, we got some pretty exciting stuff in the works. And um, yeah, love helping companies scale through um, scale and grow securely. That's, that's the important thing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, thank you for your time today, Dylan. It was awesome. I appreciate you sharing everything you did and, um, keep kicking ass, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yep. Bye.